us healthcare workers, the way we think things, we need to shift that mindset because yeah. it's like, oh, we have a birthday party coming up. That's one overtime. Yes, shift. <laughs> I got it. You know, oh, we got a cruise coming up. Three overtime shifts. You know what I mean? At what point did you decide to purchase another property? Almost immediately. Like it was crazy what was happening. We felt like we had an ATM machine. I remember the first guest, we put it up on Airbnb and VRBO, and we just put it at $500 per night, right? Because we didn't want to get a guest in there. We didn't know what we were doing. Within like an hour or two, we got a guest to book the first four nights at $500 a night. <laughs> like, I would never pay that much. What's wrong with people, yeah. you know? Because I was yeah. expecting to get like $300 a night. Yeah. And then like minutes later, it books again, $500 wow. a night. And it's like... Oh my gosh, we felt like, yeah. Jason, we felt like we had an ATM machine. What is up guys, Jason here. Welcome back to the channel and our series, Nurses to Riches, The Road to Fire. In this episode, we're going to be talking with someone who is not a nurse, but you will be equally inspired by his story as you've been by the nurses we've had in previous episodes. This next guest works in healthcare, but over the last two years, he has managed to increase his monthly income from around $11,000 per month to just over $30,000 per month without having to put in any extra hours at work. He has managed to build a real estate empire and recently secured a deal for a hotel that appraised at just over six million dollars so with that said please introduce yourself and let us know what you do for a living hey guys how's it going alex alex sabio here married father of four i live here in southern california my w2 job i'm a respiratory therapist um i think i was pushed into the medical field i'm filipino right and so we all get pushed into it uh, i had a couple uncles that were doing it I remember my uncle kind of describing what respiratory therapists did. And I remember his schedule. He'd work three days on, three days off, three days on, three days off. And I was like, tell me a little bit more about that, <laughs> right? And at a certain point, I was going to college and I yeah. didn't really have a direction on what I wanted to do. And so my grandparents, my parents kind of told me, you know what? You should really look into respiratory therapy. And that's what I did. And it was probably the best decision I ever made, right? I've met some amazing people. I've saved a lot of people's lives. Uh, my specialty now is NICU PICU. On top of that, my wife went to school with me, who was also a respiratory therapist, but now she's retired. So, Wait, so how long ago did she retire? So she retired in 20, October 2020. Hasn't oh, looked October. back either. So. Wow. Did she retire because of the pandemic or what was the reasoning behind it? That, that is part of it. I mean, as a respiratory therapist, I don't know if you guys know, like we are in the front line of the front line when it came to COVID. Like everyone's talking about ventilators and all these equipment that we didn't have. That was me running around in the hospital trying to see if we had all that stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, during COVID, I remember hearing all these horror stories and I actually experienced some of it where there were some healthcare workers that were coming down with COVID, some of them passing away. And in the back of my mind, all of a sudden I became extremely uncomfortable. Like there's no way I could put my wife in, in harm, like working as a respiratory therapist. We're, and you know, we make light of COVID now that we're um, on the tail end of it here, but in the, in the height of it, it was extremely scary, right? We didn't know if it was going to continue 
continue or what? So I've been investing in real estate for a while now, but really I started my niche in short-term rentals or think Airbnb in summer of 2020. We acquired our first short-term rental in the summer and it was cash flowing like $5,000 a month. And I said, you really need to just walk away from your <laughs> W-2 now. So what made you get into real estate to begin with? There's a little bit backstory there. So my grandparents actually owned a boarding care facility. They made some good money in the 80s. That's kind of a Filipino thing to do. And uh, they did that in the 80s. And I always thought it was really cool. I'd tell my friends, you know, we own a bunch of houses. Didn't really know how much money they made. To me, you know, as a kid, you think they're making really good money. My grandparents actually had 12 kids and it's kind of weird that none of them wanted to follow in that business, right? Because we saw, we all saw how much work it was. But I always thought real estate was going to be the way to go. And I remember purchasing my first home right after graduating. You want to live the American dream, purchase a home, have a kid. And I did that. And a year later, this is 2003, and the real estate market is booming that time in Southern California. And at that time, the home went up like 100000 dollars in one year. Wow. And I'm like, mm, maybe there's something to this. Like I, I'm only making like $45,000 a year at that time. This is 20 years ago. And then my grandparents told me, and this my grandparents, like the most successful person that I know, my grandmother, she said, I never really made good money until I invested in real estate. Mm -hmm. And it was weird. She didn't give me like crazy advice that something that was like groundbreaking or anything like that. Right. But there are all these little points in your life that where someone tells you something and for some reason it sticks. Yeah. And so I just started investing like early 2000s. Made a lot of mistakes along the way. That's what a lot of gurus don't tell you, but I've, I've learned from a lot of that. So Let's backtrack a little bit then, because you started your career as an RT and you still are an RT and mm -hmm. your wife was an RT up until 2020. Yes. When did mm -hmm. you guys graduate RT school? 2002. So it's been 21 years out. Man, that's a pretty long time. Yeah, 21 years. Yeah, so you've uh, been uh, 21 years. Yeah. Wow. 20. Where did you first start your career? Was Were you in California when you started? Southern California. I went into work trauma. I remember I worked, I, I did this thing called the Sputum Bowl. It was kind of like where they, they had students answering questions and my wife and I were on the same team and we actually won. I couldn't believe what? it. Right. <laughs> and, and this, um, this uh, popular teaching hospital in the area, Loma Linda University Medical Center came and they offered us jobs on the spot. Right. And so you're a 22 year old kid. Uh, at the time I'm working at a video store making 12 bucks an hour and they offer you a job on the spot. $19 an hour and you think you hit it big. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't need any more money the rest of my yeah. life. $19 is a lot of money, right? So yeah, I started at Loma Linda University Medical Center. Yeah, I remember that feeling because when I first graduated nursing school and they offered me my first job, I was making, um, I think it was like $37 an hour, which is a lot. I mean, damn, that's a lot, yeah. right? But $37 an hour, when I look back now and I'm making $102 an hour now, I'm like, holy crap, what what was I thinking? $37 an hour, that's actually not much, especially if you're living in New York City or a high cost mm -hmm. of living area. So um, tell me, how much are you earning per hour? I, I make $59 an hour, and this is one of the top yeah. RTs in the region, one of the top paying hospitals with the best benefits. Wow. Yeah. And that's in Southern, you said in Southern California currently? Y yes, Southern California. Okay, so I interviewed Eric. I don't know if you saw the video of the guy with the Lamborghini. No, I didn't. Uh, oh, it's okay. It's this nurse. He's like, dude, he's making like $600,000 a year. <laughs> he has but a Lamborghini? 
yeah yeah yeah. he's working a lot of hours though man um but yeah i went to his house man he's a really cool guy really awesome though he's very genuine and you know people gave him a lot of flack for working a lot of overtime and i kind of get it you know he's working like 80 hours a week which is insane right but his goals are different than other people's and everybody yes. has their own goals, right? Like he wants to own a Lamborghini. That's his thing. So I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? If that's what he wants to do, let him do what he wants to do. Um, but people were getting at him on the comments. I'm like, yeah, yeah. just worry about your own money. Worry about what you're doing with your life. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And look at you. Your main priorities are to become financially independent and not yeah. have to worry about a W-2 job. And if you want to work a lot of hours to get to that point, then that's what you're going to do. And who are other people to say what it is that you can do? with your own money right that's why i wanted to get on here on this podcast i mean uh and and i i watched a lot of your videos right and i'm all about the hustle like for years i worked almost every single day you're talking a respiratory therapist with an associate's degree yeah. was generating about i was averaging about two hundred thirty thousand dollars a year in, in damn dude <laughs> right Yes. And so here's the thing. I was all about the hustle. And at a certain point, I remember thinking there's no way this is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought I could do it forever. I'm 43 years old now. At a certain point, you do start getting older. And I started you look younger out. than me. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. It's an Asian thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's the lighting. Absolutely. You know, it's You're the Filipino. Lighting. You're Filipino. That it makes sense. <laughs> right. And at a certain point, I said, you know what? Uh, here's the thing. Like during the uh, political season, there are all of these like commercials, like, hey, this politician isn't paying anything in taxes. Yeah. I was like, man, I was getting upset, right? And then I said, <laughs> wait a minute, what are they doing? Like, you know, yeah. I don't I, I want to know what they're doing. I want to yeah. know the playbook, right? And so I this is maybe four years ago, I, I hired this is my first expensive hire. And I'm for those of you that don't know, I'm cheap as hell. I don't spend money, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I hired a tax professional, a tax strategist, and she laid out the playbook for me, right? And so today I pay zero in taxes now. So I always tell people it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much money you keep. And I get these big tax refunds. One year I got a $41,000 tax refund. One year I got a $28,000 tax refund. And what I do is I reinvest that money into more cash flowing assets that give me even a bigger tax refund. It's crazy. It's like this crazy loophole that you yeah. keep acquiring assets that give you more tax breaks and give you more cash flow. So that's what I'd like to see Eric do instead of buy the Lamborghini. Yeah. Um, he could probably have 10 Lamborghinis if I yeah. kind of showed him the playbook. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If your CPA is accepting any new clients, <laughs> let me know because I want to get a hold of them. Right, right. Yeah, she does a lot of education now and writes books, so it's really difficult. So yeah, I got in at yeah. the right time. <laughs> See, that's the thing, man, because I hired a CPA after realizing that the income we were earning from YouTube and our website was on a trajectory that would probably end up exceeding our W-2 income, mm -hmm. possibly by like the end of this year. And I said to myself, if we're going to be making a lot of money from various different sources, you know, you make money from affiliates, sponsors, the website sales, YouTube AdSense revenue. I also have consultations on my website. So there's so many different ways of making 
making money. And I need to know exactly how to do the bookkeeping correctly, first of all, but also what I can and cannot write off. Because when we went to Eric's place, we flew over there for one day. And, you know, I wrote that off on my taxes because it was a business expense. You know, I'm flying over there to film a video that's going to be on a YouTube video. And um, I want to be able to do more things like that and not have to pay the taxes on it. You know what I mean? And also get money back if I can. So, yeah, I mean, Monica and I did end up getting more money this year than we expected because of our CPA. So thankfully we got one, but I feel like there's more that we can do if we had a better CPA. (laughs) Yeah. And and my CPA steered me to vacation rentals. And I know a lot of Mm -hmm. people got into Airbnbs uh, within the last two, three years. Uh, That's still my niche. I buy Mm -hmm. Airbnbs and I buy hotels. If you get a vacation rental, I mean, there's some massive tax breaks there. I think last year I had over $1 million in tax write-offs. And I think Right. There's all of the like people always tell me like, hey, the trips are right off the the dinner you have the Uber ride. All of these things are tax write offs. Yes, that's true. But if there is one magic bullet, it's in depreciation. So depreciation of the house, specifically those vacation homes, like if you buy it, let's say a one million dollar vacation home, you're looking at anywhere from 20 to 25 percent of that purchase price as a rough estimate. So 200 to $250,000 in tax write-offs that you can use to help offset your W-2 income. You know, for the longest time, dude, I've been wanting to own short-term rental property, but man, Monica loves to travel. (laughs) It's a hard balance. It's a hard balance. What's the issue with you traveling? Is it the fact that you can't uh, manage the short-term rental? No, it's the fact that we're spending a lot of money on travel. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I see. so we can't get to the short-term rental to begin with, you know. But oh, I see. This, but you know what? She's had a shift in mindset when she realized that YouTube is the gateway for us to making a lot of money. Because I'm talking like you can get sponsorships for a minimum five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, right? Wow. So if you can get that on a monthly basis, and all you have to do is shout out a company for thirty to sixty seconds. Think about the potential of that, right? And that's just sponsorships we're talking about. It's not even everything else that you can make. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So after she realized that um, with one of our first sponsors, she said, you know what? We're not going to (laughs) travel this next year. (laughs) You know, I'm going to stay home most of the time so we can take care of our son and uh, you can make Mm. more YouTube videos. (laughs) It's crazy once once that mindset hits. Because, yeah. okay, so I'm going to let you know, like, our, I'm, I'm looking at my kitchen right now, and yeah. we had a water leak like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, no, we need to replace the kitchen. I'm like, damn it, that's going to be $11,000, <laughs> right? And yeah. we're just about to close our first short-term rental. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's either we purchase this short-term rental or we fix the kitchen. And we said, you know what, let's go ahead and get the short-term rental. That short-term rental starts cash flowing $5,000 a month. We did that consistently for the next two years. And not to mention, it gave us an amazing tax write-off where we don't pay taxes. And not only that, we learn a business where where we can replicate. And I said, do you want to fix the kitchen now? She said, "Mm, you know what, let's get another one. You know? (laughs) And, and so the second one we get, we start cash flowing about $7,000 a month. Wow. So now we're cash flowing about $12,000 a month off two properties. That's the thing with Airbnbs and short-term rentals. I always tell people, you don't need that many. Just get a handful of short-term rentals and you can be financially free. And so now we have like maybe a month of income from the short-term rentals. And we're like, should we replace the kitchen now? Mm-hmm. No, let's just keep holding it up. <laughs> we still got a kitchen that probably has mold behind it. <laughs> 
but the thing is there's delayed gratification right yeah. we just keep rolling our money into buying more and more assets that give us more cash flow so it's a shift in mindset yeah. and she had that shift in mindset and monica just had her shift in mindset yeah. so hopefully <laughs> we'll have uh, some sort of success by the end of this yeah. year yeah, hopefully but, you know she works too. hard though i give her that she works a lot of hours dude like she used mm -hmm. to work last year she was working so many hours and like 10 days in a row and 11 days in a row. And that was every pay period. And I told her, I was like, you know, that's exhausting for you. And you're spending less time with us and yeah. you cannot be doing that anymore. And when she saw how much we started making from YouTube, she, she realized, okay, it's true. We could do other things. We can make money in other ways so that we don't have to work as much. So that's the goal, man. That's the goal for this year. It's hard though. You can probably attest to this, you know, because if you want to make a living where you don't have to put in so much time to earn money, you actually do have to put in the time initially yes. to get to there. Right. Yes. And initially there's a lot, a lot of people of aren't willing to put in all that time. Right. There's a lot of stuff that I do. I don't get paid for. You create yeah. content, you don't get paid for that. You know, Absolutely. I was flying to my hotel, analyzing, analyzing deals. I probably analyzed over a hundred deals. You're not getting paid for wow. that. Don't get ahead of yourself. I want to talk about all of that. Okay. So you started off with this Airbnb. What was the savings process? How did you get to that first Airbnb? How long did you save for? How much did you have to save per month to get there? Well, m many of you know, I mean, you work your butt. I, I was working my butt off for overtime, but even yeah. then, I mean, like after like two, three years of really focusing in on it, I saved maybe $30,000 because there's always an expense that comes up, right? Yeah. And us healthcare workers, the way we think things, we need to shift that mindset because yeah. it's like, oh, we have a birthday party coming up. That's one overtime. Yes. Shift. I got it. You know, <laughs> oh, we got a cruise coming up, three overtime shifts. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that's how we always thought about things, right? And me working my butt off got me to about $30,000. Now, what I found is that you could purchase vacation homes at 10% down. And the first vacation home I bought was for $625,000. And I'm thinking, okay, I just need $30,000 more. I got a little bit more money in savings and I'm going to work every single day for that month, right? And claim exempt. In the back of my mind, I also thought it wasn't enough. I said, you know what? I need to have a little bit more money. Yeah. Luckily, I had real estate that I started buying in 2004, had these long-term rentals. Um, so I started pulling some money out, refinancing them because the interest rates were like 2.875%. So at a certain point, I had about $125,000 in my uh, account, and I used about $118,000 uh, for the down payment for my first short-term rental. That's a decent amount. <laughs> I mean, and this is in the middle of COVID. It was not, yeah. we didn't know where the economy was going. And at yeah. that time, the, the home that I bought sat on the market for over 40 days because people didn't know what was going to happen to the economy. And at a certain point, I said, I got to take a chance on myself. I've ran the numbers, and I know this thing's going to make money. And you know what? You you bought that right below the peak, you know, because mm -hmm. within a year, everybody started buying homes. People were lining up outside of homes right. that were for sale just to purchase them. Right. So yeah. I am sure that home probably appreciated. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it uh, appraised for nine fifty. Um, and this was maybe six months ago. It probably has come back down a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, this is how what I tell people. Like, you don't ever have to be perfect. People always want to be perfect before they get into something. Uh, this is one mistake I did, and this is how much the property was cash flowing. I actually set up with like an automatic bill pay through the bank through Wells Fargo. Mm, and yeah. then I set up an automatic bill pay accidentally with the actual mortgage company. Mm. So for 18 months or something like that, I was making double mortgage payments. No. <laughs> Yeah, what? didn't even notice, right? Well, it yeah. wasn't until I hired a bookkeeper 
And then my bookkeeper, Courtney, she said, hey, Alex, why did you pay $40,000 extra in payments <laughs> to your mortgage? I said, no, I didn't. What, what are you talking about? I was getting upset. And she said, yeah, you dummy, you were making double payments the whole time. So I actually made double payments and now my principal was even less, uh, right? So it was- I mean, it was a stupidly <laughs> smart mistake, I guess, because your, right. your principal is less, you know, so you're paying right. less interest on it. But man, that's $40,000 you could have used towards another property. <laughs> well, here's a beautiful thing. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, the property is worth nine fifty. I think I only owe four fifty on it. So I have $500,000 wow. in, 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 in net worth just from this one property. So what I did is I went, I went for, I refinanced. So I went from a 3% to a 6% interest rate. People say you're a dumbass for doing it, but here's the deal. I cashed out $165,000 from that property. And so now that property is not cash flowing $5,000 a month anymore because my mortgage payment's up, but it's mm -hmm. cash flowing two to $3,000 a month on average. Mm -hmm. But I have zero money in the deal, zero. Uh -huh. Smart. And so I, I use that think. money yeah. to go buy more short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. See, it's weird how this works. You just keep yeah. buying more and more properties yeah. that give you more cash flow, that give you more tax breaks. Now, are you ever afraid that something happened to the home and you still have to pay this money back to the bank? Sure, like a fire or something like that? Or yeah, talking, yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I I do worry about that, but I, I guess I stop worrying about all of the bad things as much as I focus in on all the good that can happen. Like everyone always asks me, hey, the, the plumbing question, they say, what happens if the plumbing leaks? Uh, okay, we can have all these but what if questions mm -hmm. as all we want, but what, ask yourself this, but what if it works out better than you expected? And that's Absolutely. what's happened with me. So I tend to focus in on all of the good things that happen. I'm no fool either. I do have contingencies on all of the things that can happen. But the thing is, I look at, if I were to focus on all the negative things, I would have never got to generating $20,000 a month from my Airbnb business or getting this hotel, right? So so you're cash flowing now at this moment, like two to $3,000 a month from that property. At sure, what point yeah. did you decide to purchase another property? Almost immediately. Like it was crazy what was happening. We felt like we had an ATM machine. I remember the first guest, we put it up on Airbnb and VRBO, and we just put it at $500 per night, right? Because we didn't want to get a guest in there. We didn't know what we were doing. Within like an hour or two, we got a guest to book the first four nights at $500 a night. <laughs> like, I would never pay that much. What's wrong with people, yeah. you know? Because I was yeah. expecting to get like $300 a night. Yeah. And then like minutes later, it books again, $500 wow. a night. And it's like... Oh my gosh, we felt like, yeah. Jason, we felt like we had an ATM machine oh. and it was just printing money. And at <laughs> that point, it was like our aha moment. Mm. How do we get more ATM machines? Mm -hmm. Right. And I knew I had all this equity from different homes. I was going to work as much overtime shifts, right? I'm going to, yeah. like, I need yeah. to put one or two more overtime <laughs> shifts every single week, right? Stay over, get as many of these yeah. as possible. So the one thing with us is, like I said earlier, I'm cheap as hell. I haven't spent a dime, right? Yeah. I've just been snowballing all my profits yeah. to get more and more Airbnbs and hotels. So, I mean, we're obsessed with, because like our phone, like right now, I just got a notification, another booking. Like oh. you're almost trained like dogs. Like yeah. we all, yeah. all Airbnb hosts know this. When they get that notification, it's like, I just yeah. got a booking, baby. Oh, and then there's another sound yeah. when, when something hits your bank account. And so when you have like multiple, like, like, uh, properties like it's constantly getting booked and you have this 
these endorphins and you're on this high, like constantly like, wow, I'm getting bookings. You know, I just got like a $6,000 booking. You're kidding like, me. Th there's no way any of us as healthcare workers could mm -hmm. work like every single day. You could work every single day at mm -hmm. a certain point. If this were a race, it's yeah. not a, like I will beat you in a race because I have multiple employees Absolutely. already. Yeah. I have multiple streams of income. Wow. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to the viewers about. It's just it, it, we could work and make really good money. And if you're extremely passionate about it, go ahead. By all means, go do that. I was the same exact way. I love yeah. respiratory therapy. I, I do. But at a certain point, you need to start investing to get more streams of income. So. so let me ask you this then. Have you had any issues with your rentals at all with the tenants or with the property itself? Yeah. So if anyone tells you that Airbnb investing is passive, they're lying. I mean, it's a business. That's really what you're doing. Um, I self-manage from 2000 miles away. There's tons of software apps that'll help you manage all of that and be a little bit more passive, but there will always be a plumbing issue. There will always be an electric issue or if a guest is not having a good day. Right. And so, uh, one of the worst things we had happen, like a, a, a guest and guests are going to do stupid stuff at your property. That's something that comes with the nature of being an Airbnb host, a guest, I have an indoor pool in one of my properties and she poured bubble bath inside the pool. Oh, and so the pool had all this suds like coming up like this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that cost us, um, I think $900 in damage. But not only that, I had another guest that was coming on just a few hours later and I had to refund. I said, I was upfront and honest with them. I said, Hey dude, this is what's going on. I I'm trying my best to clean it. And he said, he was perfectly cool with it. Mm. And I told him, I said, I, I if I was put myself in your shoes, I'm going to be understanding. And what I'll do is I'll give you a partial refund. Mm. And he was yeah. like, no, you don't have to do that. But I said, you know what? I, I, I want to be a, a great host, but this is what I'm going to do. Give us a five-star review. And then you, you're going to win like nine five times out of a hundred. And to me, I'm okay with those odds. Every now and then you're going to lose money because a guest broke something or, you know, wasn't happy, but it's okay. You're going to win most of the time. So. Do you have an insurance policy with the company with Airbnb or VRBO that will cover things like that? So Airbnb has something called air cover, but I wouldn't trust it at all. And I have had three claims that I've had to put through air cover and they've reimbursed me, but they, they do make it a pain to do so. But other than that, it's more getting the right insurance policy, telling the insurance company upfront that you're doing short-term rentals and trying to tailor your policy for Airbnb. So, okay. So did this come out of pocket or did the insurance company cover it? So initially I'm coming out of pocket, right? I'm coming out of pocket. And then w when I filed a claim through Airbnb, they are looking at all the damages and then assessing. First thing you're going to do is try to get the claim from the guests. Say, hey, you damaged my pool. Here's a you know $1,500 bill. Obviously, they're going to say, no, I didn't. Yeah. And so then you try to go through Airbnb and give them all the proof. Uh, and then hopefully you get as much of the money back as possible. So hopefully you didn't get a negative review from that guest. <laughs> Oh, okay. So that property right now has, uh, I think 90 reviews, yeah. the review, uh, it's 4.99. And wow, that dude, that's amazing. That, that is my one four star review from that guest. From that guest. Oh, <laughs> right. oh man. Some people are just so entitled, dude. <laughs> right. I'm, wow. But some people leave a one star, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I used to be obsessed with the reviews and now I kind of just move on and I know that I'm a great host and I'm going to give guests an amazing experience for the most part. 
everybody's going to give you a, a five-star review. It's kind of like the 15% tip thing at the restaurant. <laughs> like vast majority of the people are going to yeah. give a tip. The vast majority of the people are going to give you a five-star review. Um, and then you just live with it. All right. So now you said this is the property you're making two to $3,000 from per month. Is that correct? Uh, not the one with the pool. Uh, like I, oh. I started focusing in on what makes me more money oh. in that region. Oh. So I started nice. buying homes with pools and the homes. And what region is this? So I have three in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, this Eastern Tennessee. It's next to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, most, one of the most visited national parks Makes in the sense. U.S. Actually, the most visited national park in the U.S. How did you go about purchasing property in another state? What made you decide to go to another state to begin with? It's probably because I'm stupid and didn't know any better. Now, I have purchased a lot of different long-term rentals in many different states, like North Carolina, Colorado, Texas, uh, Ohio. So I was already comfortable doing it. And then I, at the time, I was trying to buy apartment complexes out of, in different areas because in California, it's really difficult to find the cash flow, right? And so I put out like a rookie question. I said, hey, where's the best place to buy a short-term rental? And it's weird how a lot of real estate investors are extremely giving with information. A lot of people pointed me towards the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. And I said, where the hell is that? I don't even know where that is. I, I live in Southern California. I, I've never even heard of it, right? But then I started doing more research and I said, oh, okay, I understand why. And so I said, well, give me the best realtor in the market, much like how I started hiring the best CPA, like my mindset started shifting. Like I need to get the best professionals to help me for this, for whatever I want to do. So I got that real estate agent and had an amazing relationship with her. I've bought six Airbnbs with her uh, company since then. So, so you currently own six Airbnbs. Yes. And how much are those cash flowing again? Um, so it's up and down, but I would say mm -hmm. on average uh, for the year, it's probably going to cash flow about $20,000 a month. At what point are you going to decide to quit your W-2 job? It, it has to do with timing because uh, I still really enjoy my W-2 job. But if mm -hmm. I can't get to certain things because my schedule's fixed and I'm calling in sick all the time or, you know what I mean? Or, and it becomes tricky. That's the point because right now it's, it, to me, it's easy money. I've been yeah. doing it 21 years. I love what I do. It comes very natural and easy. I'm one of the best in the region. And mm -hmm. so it comes very easy to me and it's a nice, easy six figure salary with no overtime uh, and benefits. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, if it's if it comes to a point where I'm missing events, like I just missed a three day event where they wanted me to go and hang out and mastermind. And I'm like, the amount of money that you can make just masterminding with like really high level individuals um, versus like making your fifty nine dollars an hour at the hospital. Uh, that's what I have to outweigh. And the connections you would have made if you would have gone to that event. <laughs> right, right. You and I'm missing retired. a lot of them. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it'll I struggle happen again. with it. I struggle it'll with happen. it all the time. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah. the 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 goal is probably this year or next year. That's a nice goal. Right. <laughs> I'll be right on your tracks, I hope. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now that you have these properties, there's something else you want to purchase. What is that? Well, I'm buying hotels now. Uh, so okay. we just we just bought our first uh, 76 unit hotel in uh, Northwest Arkansas. If you told me I'd be buying a hotel in Northwest Arkansas <laughs> like two years ago, I would tell you 
where is Northwest Arkansas? <laughs> I don't even know where that is, right? Uh, so we just closed on that last month. Uh, we bought that for $3.6 million. It appraised for 6.5. So right off the bat, that's $3 million in net worth that we just grew uh, just by negotiating a deal. And then so we have a nine unit that we're closing next month uh, in the same region. And then there's a couple other hotels that we're working on. I can't share right now, but mm-hmm. hopefully I come back and let you guys know. So. Okay, so a few questions. How do you come up with the financing for a deal of this size? What I did is, uh, so short-term rentals you could definitely do on your own. There's no question about that. There's some people that partner, but I did it all on my own. There's, there is one short-term rental that I partnered with, and that's my little brother who would have never bought a home if it was <laughs> not for me. I'm like, dude, we need to just do this. Let's leverage my expertise and let and I'll go on 50-50 with you. But if you're trying to buy something really big like that, there's no way you could do it on your own. You're going to have to partner with other individuals. And that's what I did. And the real estate world is really small and niche and everyone knows everyone. And so I was doing big things and I wanted to align myself with other people doing big things. And so I partnered with four other individuals to purchase that hotel. Um, and so now we are partnering together and putting our minds together to purchase more assets. Okay. And was that hotel cash flowing before mm. you guys purchased it? Oh yeah. It was already wow. cash flowing really strong and it's actually going to cash flow even better because what we found out when we took over was that there were 16 units that were down because of little leaks here and there. And now mm. us going in there, putting, uh, we got 13 of those units back online. Now it's going to cash flow even more. Right. It's in a great area that's booming that we believe in. And we just want to hang on to that for as long as we can. So and how much came out of your pocket for this deal? So that was a scary thing. Right. So we got such a deal because we won it in an auction. Uh, and one of my partners won it and she said, Hey, we're paying 3.6. But the scary thing is we got to put 10% non-refundable earnest money down. Mm-hmm. And we're going to lose that money if we don't close within 45 days or something like that. And so it put a lot of pressure on us. And so what I did is I put 100 G's out of my own pocket. Mm. Right. And I was going to use that to buy another short term rental. But what happened was I looked at the numbers and I said, we're going to cash flow way more with this. And not only that, we're getting so much equity right off the bat. Yeah. So I decided to go with that one. That's what I'm thinking. You made $100,000 purchase for a property that's now worth $6 million. Yeah. And the thing is, right. And and the the crazy thing is in a year or two, based on the projections, we think it's going to easily be worth over $8 million. So, okay. Now let's talk about some of the expenses then. You have all of these properties. How much are you spending on all of these properties to maintain them on a monthly basis? Okay, so let's talk about the Airbnbs because the hotels were just about a month into it. So that's a whole nother topic. The Airbnbs itself, we have about 20, little over $20,000 in mortgages every single month. We have cleaning fees, which is cool thing about it is the guests pay the cleaning fees. Uh, And not only that, we kind of profit a little on the cleaning fees. So (laughs) of uh, course. We charge like 300 bucks and then our cleaner charges us 250 bucks. So just based on the cleaning fees, we make, you know, a little bit of money on top of that. Yeah. Uh, and pet fees too. We have like, you know, if people are going to bring dogs, we have like $150 pet fees. So there's on top of that, there's a little bit of income. Uh, electric bills, typically like three to $500. There's HOA dues for per property. That's anywhere from two to $300. So each property, I would say on average, would have like five to $6,000 all in, right? And then each property is probably generating about 
about ten thousand dollars, somewhere around there, nine ten thousand dollars. Some some do better, some do worse. So so all of the properties are netting you about twenty thousand dollars combined. Yeah, <laughs> and so the summertime is going to be crazy. You're talking like well over a hundred thousand dollars per month that it's generating, right? And then oh you know your mortgage payments fixed there. You know, yeah. Um, that's so the beauty of have... it you know because you're building equity on all these properties you're depreciating the values you're uh writing off all of the interest that you pay on the properties and your mortgage yep. there's so many ways that you're making money off these properties not just from the tenants staying there what i always tell people when you get into the medical industry where where you start isn't going to be where you finish i mean jason yeah. look at where you where you are now doing yeah. you know youtube and all that yeah. i don't know if you thought about that when you were going through like you know a nursing school i know I didn't think about getting a hotel in Arkansas when I was going in respiratory therapy school, you know, so uh, I think the harder you work, the luckier you get. Just keep grinding. Certain doors are going to open for you that you never thought would be there. So, so uh, I know you do social media also and you're on Instagram and you're trying to build a following on Instagram and all these other social media platforms because you yes. want to show other people that there's more to life than just a W2 job. Like I've been trying to tell people, you know, I mean, you can enjoy yep. your W2 job, but you should also have the freedom to be able to do whatever else you want and not be constrained by that w-2 job right? yes work if you want to like me yeah. i mean i really enjoy it but i could say bye felicia tomorrow if you <laughs> exactly. know they, they they do something to me I, I, that's that's the power of having like a side income with uh real estate so uh, but yeah i'm on social media at the real alex sabio i talk a lot about investing in airbnbs taxes investing in hotels and then i have a facebook group it's called healthcare professionals investing in real estate with me i have a big fat mouth like i really just start telling everyone like hey guys this is what i'm doing over here you should be doing it too because i feel like <laughs> it's this life hack right and so i started telling bunch of nurses, doctors, other respiratory therapists, what I was doing. And at a certain point, I didn't have enough time. I said, dude, my, I'm losing my voice because I'm giving the same spiel over and over. Yeah. And so that's really why I created these uh, that Facebook group and then my social media stuff. So, you know, it's funny because every time I meet someone new, I just start talking about YouTube. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you need to start a YouTube channel. Right. There's so many possibilities, right? And that's probably what you do with the Airbnb. And every right. time I do it, because usually I feel like the person I'm speaking with is very interested in it because they probe they ask so many questions and then monica's like why do you always got to talk to everybody about youtube <laughs> <laughs> right you know and i can tell you can't it's help like, it right yeah exactly it becomes an obsession right because you're <laughs> yeah. like man i can make so much money doing this i need to tell yeah. everybody right yes I, th I was telling my Uber driver, but I was, I was like, dude, this is what I'm doing here. You know, you, yeah. so you just start telling everyone. You never really know who you're going to affect, right? Exactly. Just like my grandma nudging me saying, hey, you need to invest in real estate. Because sometimes it'll just stick with people. There's so many people that have told me, hey, I've been watching your story. I haven't replied to anything, but I'm just letting you know I just bought my first short-term rental wow. and it was because of you. I mean, to me, that is very gratifying. Like it gives me a lot of energy. And it it makes me feel good like i'm doing something right so yeah so before you go i want to ask you a couple of more questions um and then i'll let you go okay yeah, yeah so you have this income coming in from your rental properties you also have the income coming in from your respiratory therapy job how much sure. are you making combined between both of them um so the respiratory therapy job uh base pay is about a hundred thirty thousand dollars no overtime okay no, dude i will not go in wow. anymore <laughs> with no overtime dude that's Zero Damn, that's what I'm making yeah. right now. So you're yeah, bringing home then about ten thousand to eleven thousand dollars a month. 
yep, just about. Yep. Yeah. And then in addition to the $20,000 you guys are making from your rental properties. Right. So that's 30. Right. And that's just with your W-2 income because your wife is a stay-at-home mom now. And she's yeah. she's working on the business, right? She works on the business. Um, the, the cool thing is, like, like I said, we self-manage the properties mm -hmm. from 2,000 miles away. But it doesn't have to be 2,000 miles away. It could be 20,000 miles away. So we hire virtual assistants to help us out with the business, too. That's the cool thing. When you start making a little bit more money, you could start hiring and delegating out to where you're buying yourself some time. But yeah, that's it. Like, you know, the 130 and then 20,000 a month. The hotel's still really new. And we're, we're splitting that up into, you know, because it's a partnership. But yeah, that's... That's how much I'm, I'm generating. I do have a side gig where I'm a, a coach uh, and I do help other people that want to invest in uh, their own Airbnb business. So I'm one of um, my good friend put on courses and I told him I'd help him coach his students. So. And if you don't mind me asking, do you know what your net worth is? Uh, yeah, it's just under three million bucks. And this is actually <laughs> all in the span of like, what, the last two years? Yeah, that it right. It's so dramatically like that, right? Right, because I did have long-term rentals, uh, but they didn't really do much. I, at one point, they think I had like a dozen long-term rentals that you know are cash flowing like 100, 200 bucks a month. That doesn't change yeah. your life like drastically, yeah. but they started building up some equity. And that's the cool thing with real estate is you can be awful at it. And just if you hold on to it as long as you can, just naturally, the, the you know they go up in value and your tenants start paying the mortgages down. So you have this delta, right, that helps like add to your net worth. So, Dude. All right. That was awesome, man. Okay. So you know what? I'm going to have all of my guests, all of my viewers actually follow you on social media because you, I'm sure you're going to be giving also amazing advice to these people who want to start their own real estate empire, who want to get into short-term rentals and just don't know how to go about it. I actually saw some of your shorts and you give a lot of good information on those videos. Yeah, it's all free info. Like I said, I just like uh, putting it out there. I put out good vibes and hopefully, you know what, karma comes back. And, and I just love helping healthcare professionals because I feel like I was in their shoes and I see so many people burnt out and it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, how does your life look if you didn't pay taxes and, and if you were doing the job because you loved it? Because all of us got into it for some reason that we enjoyed helping others or whatever it was. But what happens if you know you didn't have to do it for money all of a sudden the politics i don't care about the politics at work anymore it doesn't bother me because like i said i could easily tell them bye felicia but i'm only there because i really enjoyed it so yeah yeah that's exactly why i'm always telling people they need to find a side hustle or start a business because of those reasons you know then you have the liberty to actually go to work because you enjoy doing it and not because you have to do it yes you know? so that's freedom sense. that's true freedom Absolutely. where you have a choice and you're not like tied down to it. Yeah. So you know what? Um, if this video here gets, let's say, I'm going to go with 400,000 views, right? Because my other video has 300,000 plus, like almost 400,000. So if this video can get 400,000 views, we need to meet in person and do a video in person so we can uh, maybe go through one of your properties. Yes. And, and show what it. it's like to own an Airbnb empire yes. and some ho or some hotels. <laughs> I'd love that. Love right. That. Okay, guys. So if you want to see that video, make sure you share it with your friends. Give us a lot of likes and follow Alex on social media.